Times are changing. Upheaval is the name of the game. Wars, pandemics, possible recessions. Now this. The Gallup poll finds that 81% of those polled believe in God. What a change since the poll began in World War II. Gallup first began asking people about their religious beliefs in 1944. It was 98% then. And until 2011, the average percentage of those who believed in God was over 90. Over the last decade, the figure hovered around 87%. And now we're down to 81. Only 42% of those who believe think that God hears prayers and intervenes. The number of North Americans who believe in the God of the Bible is shrinking, but the Lord himself hasn't disappeared. As C.S. Lewis put it, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun is risen, not only because I see it, but because by it, I see everything else. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris. Here on Monday, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and we're starting a new series today that I've really been looking forward to. We're calling it The Most Reluctant Convert. He's probably one of the most quoted people from the 20th century. I'm sure you've heard a pastor mention a quote from this man several times. I know we've quoted him often in my 22 years here at Haven Ministries. But I wonder how much you really know about C.S. Lewis's reluctant journey to faith. His children's series set in Narnia was saturated with Christian symbolism and his books on Christianity have been used by the Lord to bring countless numbers to faith. But it is surprising to learn that Lewis dragged his feet as God was working in his heart. He says in the Trinity term, 1929, I gave in and admitted that God is God. Nelton prayed, perhaps that, that night, the most dejected, reluctant convert in all England. That's award-winning actor and writer Max McLean. I wonder if you recognize his voice from one of the Bible apps that you listen to. Max will join us again shortly to talk about C.S. Lewis and his reluctant journey to faith in Jesus Christ. We'll also talk about Max's new movie that's just out on DVD called The Most Reluctant Convert, The Untold Story of C.S. Lewis. He'll share how they shot it during COVID in Oxford and how the movie has been touching lives all over the world. Then after the program, I want to share this new DVD with you for your fiscal year-end gift to the ministry. June 30th is coming quickly, and we could really use your help to meet our year-end budget. So call us after the program at 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN, or visit our website, check out the movie trailer, and you can make your tax-deductible year-end gift at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. Let's open now with a song by Hillsong called Cornerstone. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. blood and righteousness I dare not trust the sweetest frame 
Haven today from the west coast of North America. We're going to go to the east coast. We don't typically go to Manhattan, but in New York City. Uh, on with us is a friend of mine. I haven't seen him for several years, Max McLean. Max, welcome to Haven today, I think for the very first time. I think so, Charles. It's, it's a delight to be on the program with you. Well, the last time we saw each other was in Southern California, and we're having you on today because you, for many, many years, have been an actor. You finally decided to make a movie. I couldn't believe it. And then when my wife and I saw the movie, I still couldn't believe it because it was remarkably good, Max. So (laughs) You were surprised. (laughs) (laughs) I I want us to talk about the most reluctant convert, and it's Mm -hmm. the untold story of C.S. Lewis. Mm -hmm. This is a different approach to making a movie. And as I saw it with my wife, what struck me was this is a movie about an intellectual who was most unlikely to meet Jesus, did meet Jesus. And this is the story of a conversion that a lot of people in our world, especially today, need to see. So let's talk about the movie. It's it's a different style from most movies. Can you kind of explain that to our listeners who haven't seen it yet? Yeah, it's uh, the name of the movie is called The Most Reluctant Convert. Uh, it's uh, it's an origin story about how the most who I think the most influential Christian writer of the past hundred years, and uh, the film is told by an older Lewis coming alive in his memories. 
to tell of his conversion from being a hard-boiled atheist to, first of all, belief in God as a theist, and then finally to belief in Jesus Christ. And you're uh, playing the older Lewis. I play the older Lewis. There's, uh, there's Lewis as a boy, played by Eddie Ray Martin, and then Lewis as a young man, played by Nicholas Ralph, who uh, also stars <laughs> as uh, uh, James Harriet in All Creatures Great and Small. But yet you, as the older Lewis, uh, you're showing up all the way through with the child Lewis and the young man Lewis. You are still showing up kind of there as as uh, uh, Nicholas Ralph uh, from All Creatures Great and Small fame now put it. He's always looking over my shoulder. <laughs> and there you were, Max. Yeah, that <laughs> that's funny, that that's an moment. unusual technique, isn't it, for a movie? It really was an unusual technique, but it was, uh, it was Norman Stone's vision. What we wanted to do was, was capture Lewis's journey from hard-boiled atheist, vigorous debunker of Christianity. Yes. Uh, you know, his, he, had, uh, he had the rhetorical gifts of somebody like uh, Christopher Hitchens, um, and could have been like him if the Lord hadn't uh, gotten a hold of him. Uh, but, you know, his life was, uh, his atheism came, you know, as, as a result of he lost his mother to cancer when he was a boy. He had an estranged relationship with his father that grew mm. worse as his mother died. Mm. He experienced the senseless brutality of trench warfare in World War I. And uh, through that, he came to the conclusion that either there was no God behind the universe, a God indifferent to good and evil, or worse, an evil God. So, if you ask me to believe all this I've just described as the work of an omnipotent, benevolent God, I would have laughed and said the evidence points in the opposite direction. Either there's no God behind the universe, a God indifferent to good and evil, or worse, an evil God. Never dreamed of raising the question if the universe is so bad. Or even half so bad, how on earth did humans ever come to attribute it to the work of a wise and good creator? Oh, men are fools, but not so foolish as that, the direct inference from black to white, from evil flower to virtuous root, from senseless work to a workman infinitely wise? Stagger's belief. No, I did not believe God existed, but I was angry at God for not existing. Why should creatures have the burden of existence forced upon them without their consent? And that was the starting point for uh, his, the, the, the starting point from his uh, hard-boiled atheist to his conversion. It took many years, uh, primarily through the witness of his friends. J.R.R. Tolkien was one. Owen Barfield was another. Hugo Dyson. All three are cast in the movie. Um, and... Uh, and, you know, Lewis himself explains it later that uh, what they pointed out to him was that his argument against God was that the universe was so cruel and unjust. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. where did he get this notion of cruel and unjust? He, you know, you call a line crooked because you have some idea of a straight line. Well, what am I comparing the universe with when I call it cruel and unjust? Mm -hmm. And so that was a big step towards seeking God and and, if, and, and he, uh, in the movie and in the book, there is this movement towards what he calls theism, which you and I kind of think is pretty soft. But Lewis was... That was a big deal. It was to at least deal. believe in God. Because he saw belief in God uh, like Moses at the burning bush. Yeah. Uh, 
that I am that I am. And he, he finally, he said, you must picture me alone in my room night after night, feeling whenever my mind lifted, even for a second from my work, the steady, unrelenting approach of him whom I so earnestly desired not to meet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that got him to God. And, and yet that's when his real conversion came. He couldn't quite understand where Christ fit, uh, fit in. And that came later, primarily through uh, conversations with J.R.R. Tolkien, with his with his friend, his, or yeah. friends, plural. That's right. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right. For those who have not read a lot of C.S. Lewis, although we've had a lot about C.S. Lewis on this program, give us the surprising little anecdote about the day when he finally knew he believed in the incarnation that Christ was his savior. This was after he believed in God. I don't know how many years. Tell it was, us the well, story. Uh, supposedly, uh, 19, uh, he says in the Trinity term, 1929, I gave in and admitted that God is God. Nelton prayed, perhaps that, that night, the most dejected, reluctant convert in all England. That was his belief in God, but not Christ. Christ. The important point is that it was a conversation with J.R. Tolkien about uh, Lewis that he he couldn't understand how the life and death of someone else could help him here and now. And uh, he had no belief in the incarnation. The God to whom he surrendered was not human. Of course, you know, Mm -hmm. Christ is the God man. And uh, Tolkien helped him understand that in these pagan religions and and Lewis loved mythology and the pagan stories uh, and both Tolkien and, and Lewis studied them. You know, they, they saw great wisdom in them. And uh, uh, Tolkien pointed out to him that in these uh, these pagan stories, there's this vague notion of a, all over the world, this vague notion of a, of a, of a God who's killed, broken, come to life again, Baldur, Osiris, Dionysus, all the myths. And becomes a savior. Sorry. And then and- he says, but then among these Jews, the thing really happened. Now, he already believed, he said his religion was like the God of the Jews, you know, with this theism. Mm-hmm. But then he says, among these Jews, a thing really happened. The myth became fact. There came a man who claimed to be the son of the giver of the moral law and the awful presence atop Sinai. Mm-hmm. He said, the claim is so shocking. And, you know, among these Jews, it was so shocking that we nowadays, we take it way too lightly. And uh, and he said either this man was a raving lunatic or else he wasn't his precisely who he said. And if you accept that he was not a lunatic, then all else said about him becomes credible, that this man having been killed is yet alive. It, it has to be true. He has and to that's be real. Where he, yes. Yeah, that's where he finally, as he said, uh, he went on that motorcycle ride uh, because he'd been processing. And what that conversation with Tolkien did, it made him read the scriptures differently more uh, energetically looking at that story, not as a prescription of, you know, do this, do that, but of, a you know, the story of a great hero. So here he is with his retired military officer brother yeah. who owns a motorcycle with a sidecar, and he says, I remember Jack, very well let's when, go on a ride. <laughs> yeah, he says, I re- this is the way he tells it. Okay. I remember very well when, but hardly how the final step was taken. 
I was being driven by my brother, Warney, to Whipsnade Zoo in the sidecar of a motorcycle one sunny morning in the autumn of 1931. When we set out, I did not believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. When we reached the zoo, I did. (laughs) And he had not spent the journey in thought or great emotion. It was more like a man who, after a long sleep, had become aware he is now awake. It just dawned on him all of a sudden. All right, right, Max. uh, I'm thinking about a certain scene towards the end of the movie, and you, as Lewis, are walking with J.R.R. Tolkien, and it's actually your co-actor, who's the young Lewis, who's portraying that at that point. Tell us about that scene. Yeah, that uh, that's the, the scene on Addison's Walk is when uh, Lewis, who has converted to theism, uh, I have... Uh, with considerable resistance, come to believe in God, Lewis says, but not Christ. I simply do not understand how the life and death of someone else, whoever he was, 2,000 years ago could help us here and now. That's that's in the scene. And then Tolkien talks to him and says, uh, uh, Jack, when you meet a God sacrificing himself in a pagan story, you like it very much and are mysteriously moved by it. And that's in the scene. And that's the scene where... uh, there's a particular moment where the wind rushes because the sort of the Holy Ghost at that the, moment. The spirit, yeah, the spirit uh, moves. Was, was there. It really moved him to begin to take Christ more seriously. And then a little bit later in the film, uh, he is uh, sitting down for dinner with uh, uh, J.R. Tolkien and, and uh, Hugo Dyson. They talk about the significance of Christ, and you can hear it in the, in the clip you're going to play. Look, I may be prepared to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I simply cannot accept his claim to be God. Oh, come on, Jack. How how could a mere man be called a great moral teacher and say the sort of things Jesus said? Such as? That he always existed. That you're coming again to judge the world? Such men are judged frauds. Lunatics. In spite of my resistance, they convinced me that nothing else in all literature is just like the Gospels. Myths are like it in one way with its stories of the miraculous. History is like it in another with its attention to minute details. But nothing is simply like it. And no person is like the person depicted. I'm sure there are many people who believe themselves to be God. Our hospitals are full of them. Oh, come on, Jack, be serious. No great moral teacher has ever made that claim except Jesus, and you know it. Mm, and he went on and on and on. What do you mean? Well, claiming to forgive sins, and that he himself is the injured party in every transgression. Look, in anyone else, this would be thought silly. Suppose you told me that two of your colleagues had lost you a top professorship by telling lies about your character. Hmm? And, and I replied, freely forgive them both. Would you not think this sheer lunacy? It would be sheer lunacy. Yet, even those who opposed Jesus admitted that he expressed moral truth of depth and purity, full of wisdom and shrewdness. Wisdom and shrewdness. You make him sound like Solomon the Great. On the contrary, history repeatedly calls him humble and meek. Not that you want to notice that, of course, Jack. Humility and meekness are the last things one would ascribe to someone who makes claims worthy of being a megalomaniac. (laughs) The most reluctant convert the untold story of c.s lewis you know why a movie and how's this movie done well obviously uh 
we did a movie because COVID shut down our theater uh, uh, offerings. Um, and we had been planning on moving into the film business to uh, because the, the reach for film is so significant. Um, when this film aired, it opened in November 2021. It was supposed to be a one-night event. Uh, we were the number two movie in America uh, that night and the number one per screen average. Uh, the movie was extended multiple weeks. It ran for a month in all the movie theaters. Um, and uh, in the last uh, couple of weeks, it was uh, number four on Apple TV for independent films. Mm. And it reached as high as number 12 on Amazon DVD sales. So uh, there's a, uh, the, the, uh, the outreach for film is, first of all, it's global. Uh, this film has been seen in 130 different uh, countries. Uh, and by the way, the DVD has is, uh, is subtitled in seven languages. Don't mm. ask me which ones they are. One of them <laughs> is English. <laughs> uh, German, Spanish, uh, French, uh, Chinese, Mandarin, wow. uh, Korean. Wow. I think th- uh, those are the ones. So uh, I think the the outreach for film is uh, uh, is 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 critical, and and the uh, the platforms available now digitally all over the world to mm. distribute films. It's, it's, uh, it's where the gospel should be. Mm. You've done this movie, The Most Reluctant Convert. Lead us in prayer, please, right now. Uh, Lord, uh, thank you for the opportunity to make this movie. Thank you for loving us, for forgiving us, for sending your son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, we do ask that you use this movie and this program, this interview with Charles and On Haven, Uh, for your glory and for our good. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. This has been a delight. Thank you for making this movie. And uh, may it just be used by the Lord in many ways to to bolster faith and to bring people to faith too. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. Salem, turn your eyes upon Jesus here on this Haven Today and a program called The Most Reluctant Convert. Well, I'm so glad we got to spend some time with Max McLean today. Haven't done that in a few years. If you'd like to hear the extended interview with him, check out the Great Stories podcast. 
than Wednesday. You can learn more about the podcast at haventoday.org. You can even subscribe where you get your podcast from. My wife and I really enjoyed Max's new film called The Most Reluctant Convert, The Untold Story of C.S. Lewis. It's ironic that the story about his conversion is relatively unknown, even though his writings, like Mere Christianity and The Chronicles of Narnia, are so well-known. This brilliant film pulls back the curtain to reveal his early life and his conversion to faith in Christ. And let me just say it's told in a unique and compelling way. I think you'll get hooked from the very first few seconds of this movie. Max does a great job of an older Lewis looking back at his life and how God was working on him even though Lewis was completely unaware. Whether you are young in your faith or you've been following Christ for most of your life, the most reluctant convert is for you. C.S. Lewis's journey to saving faith is a much-needed reminder that the gospel never stops working. So why don't you call us right now? And let me encourage you to make a generous fiscal year-end gift to the ministry. We could really use your help to reach our budget goal by June 30th. If Haven today is a blessing to you, would you pray about being a blessing to us right now? And as our thank you, we'll send you on DVD, The Most Reluctant Convert. The number to call right now is 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. Or go to our website, watch the movie trailer, and then make your gift there at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again next time when again together we'll share the great story It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Eat bread or die. It might sound ominous, but it's a biblical truth that we see throughout the Bible. The people of Israel had left Egypt, and just like anyone would, they began to miss the familiarity of the food. They complained to the Lord. He gave them bread, manna, they called it, heavenly bread, the food of angels. That was their food. Eat bread or die. Thousands of years later, Jesus would say in John 6, I am the bread of life. Eat my flesh and you will live. Anyone who partakes will be saved. So eat bread or die. That's the gospel. Freely offered, freely received, the bread of Christ gives life now and life for eternity. Meet Jesus every day visit getanchor.com.